Colorado Avalanche fans. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, whenever and wherever you may be listening. And thank you for joining the Locked On Avalanche podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I am your host, Chris Maselli, and this episode of Locked On Avalanche is brought to you by Built Bar and BuiltBar.com. We'll get into them a little bit later. And another episode of the podcast dedicated to your Colorado Avalanche. A lot to get to today. We are going to be talking about Colin Wilson and uh, the comments which seem to be making the rounds in social media circles and NHL circles uh, that he made in an interview. Uh, We're going to take another look at our What If segment and what if the Avalanche had actually won that draft lottery in 2017 and not picked fourth and not selected Kale McCarr. Or would they have selected Kale McCarr? Say they won it. Would things have been different? We'll kind of dive in to that. Um, <clears throat> first things first. I want to talk about where you can follow the show over uh, Locked On Avalanche on Instagram. Search for LOPN underscore Avalanche on Twitter. And send questions, comments, concerns, opinions, whatever is on your mind to Locked On Avalanche at gmail.com. All right. So Colin Wilson went on an Instagram, I think it was like an Instagram live interview type of show. I'll find the title of it. So it was a Instagram live interview with TSN uh, Jesse Pollock. He apparently has a show called Bar Down. And Colin Wilson was on and uh, they talked about a wide range of topics. And Jesse brought up the topic of color tape. And he was he simply asked Wilson, uh, what about colored tape? And it seemed like Wilson maybe didn't have like the the questions ahead of time. So uh, I don't think he planned to answer the question in this fashion. And basically, he says colored tape. I don't know. It's not for the NHL, but it's pretty fun to experiment. I mean, I get excited for the everyone can play night where you can do the rainbow and warm-ups. <clears throat> I always want to keep it for the game. I think it's a pretty dope style. Pollock then asked, so why don't you? Saying, why don't you keep the tape on, color tape on for the games? Wilson replied, I just don't have it in me. Just cannot get chirped by my own teammates and the other team and still try to play a game. So uh, people have been uh, kind of jumping on Wilson here for... Uh, saying he would not keep the rainbow tape on his stick during a game for fear of getting ridiculed by his own team uh, and his opponents. I think the way that this is coming out is because he referenced the rainbow tape on his stick during the Everyone Can Play night and then followed that up by saying, I just don't have it in me, I don't want to get chirped. I think people are are combining the two when I don't think that's what he meant to do. The initial question was color tape, not rainbow tape. The, the initial question was just about color tape in general. Wilson decided to throw out the rainbow tape on his own. And then the follow-up question, so why don't you? I don't know what Pollock meant by that. I don't know if Pollock meant, so why don't you keep the rainbow tape? Or why don't you just keep colored tape? People could, I could see how it could go both ways. I mean, I would feel like if I am talking about rainbow tape and then someone asked me a follow up question on, so why don't you? 
my next answer is still going to be consistent with what I just talked about in Rainbow Tape. I don't think that's where Wilson went with it. I think he went back to the original color tape in general answer, um, and people are kind of jumping on him uh, and saying, well, he's talking about color tape. Again, I don't think that's where he went, but honestly, it doesn't really matter because this brings up uh, such a bigger topic and such a bigger issue right now uh, when you're focusing on the the rainbow-colored tape and what that means to the LGBTQ community. Uh, hockey is is trying with this Everyone Can Play Nights across the, the NHL. Colin Wilson, and I didn't know this, but every team has a, a spokesman um, uh, for this Everyone Can Play Night, and uh, that spokesman for the Avalanche is Colin Wilson. I did not know that. What that means is... I, I, the impression I get out of it is they're more of a figurehead than anything. Uh, I think the, uh, the the NHL is just like, we need somebody to to anoint as uh, the the person, the, the go-to for the Everyone Can Play Night. So they're the ones that are going to talk about it and talk about what it means to hockey. And that person was Colin Wilson. I don't think they would give him that role if he really, honestly, truly didn't believe in the Everyone Can Play Night mantra. So I don't I don't believe that Colin Wilson is like is homophobic in any sense. I feel like the order of the questions and the way he was answering them, they were going back and forth between color tape and rainbow tape, and it got jumbled into one big thing, and people are thinking he meant rainbow tape. But like I said, this is a, a deeper rooted issue. For forget even if he didn't mention uh, rainbow tape, but he did. So you know what? Let, then let's just go with that. What is the big deal about getting chirped at from your teammates or the opposition? If that's something you believe in, and if that is something that you have been anointed as the the figurehead of the every, anyone can play night as a Colorado Avalanche, and you think it's a quote pretty dope style, go with it. Own it. Be be like I like I said the other day with the Avalanche and the Nordiques jerseys, they needed almost like approval from another team to succeed in doing it. Why why they want to bring it in? Be that be the person that when people look back and say he was the first one to do it. I think at this day and age, I, I think you would get a lot more people applauding you than chirping at you. And the people who do chirp at you, call them out. Screw that. Call them out. If if they're if they can't get behind what the NHL is trying to do, they should be probably doing some more when it comes to everyone can play night. But I mean, I guess you got to start somewhere. Then then call those people out, and they're not truly behind because all you hear from players is, "Oh, we're completely behind this. Everyone can play night." Then put your money where your mouth is. And keep the tape on during the game and see what happens. But until that happens, until a player... And, and there was an article I read somewhere that that brought up... I think it was a player on uh, the New Jersey Devils who said he wants to use the rainbow tape year-round. Do it! Like We are in a day, day and age of, of uh, you know people 
saying one thing and then doing another, and you see it all the time on social media, be that, you want to be a figurehead, be that figurehead. Be, be the person that an entire community of people will look up to and say, this, this person understands us and, and we appreciate what he's trying to do for us. So while I don't think Colin Wilson was going down that road of saying, uh, you know, I, I'm not going to use color tape because I don't want people or rainbow tape because I don't want people to, to be chirping at me. I also feel like it's an opportunity for him to stand up and be that that first player. We all talk about who's going to be the first gay football player to come out, which I think there has been. I think football, there, I could be wrong on that, but uh, or or basketball player, which I know there was uh, a gay football player who came out, which I cannot remember his name, but I think he played for the Brooklyn Nets. I think his last name was Collins, uh, or hockey player, or baseball player. We're all talking about this, and we all talk about it as in they would, the majority of people would welcome them. Sure, you're going to get the those voices of opposition. Uh, that's just the world we live in. But if everybody is saying, when every interview we hear, like we're all for this, then then now is the time for someone who who I'm not who is not gay to come out and 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 support them by doing something as simple as taping your stick. Now I know taping your stick is a big uh a deal for certain players and I know like I play with guys who refuse to use black tape. They feel like white tape accept accepts the puck easier. Me, I don't care. <laughs> Whatever tape someone else has in the locker room, I'll use that. Um but I know it's a big thing. Uh but I think someone who who really can kind of understand what uh, people in the LGBTQ community are going through uh, and to be kind of a figurehead for them and not not that they have to be gay or anything. They could be a straight person, but still uh, use that as a voice for them. I think a lot of people would get behind that. So uh, we'll see. Maybe maybe. Sometime in the near future, a player will actually uh, use the tape during the game and maybe for the entire season. We'll see. Uh, But moving on, one thing that everybody should do is absolutely check out Built Bar. Built Bar has been our sponsor this entire month. And I, today, I went and ordered another box because I have to try this cookie dough. Uh, Cookie dough is back on the menu, so to speak, and uh, along with several other insanely good flavors. If you are the health conscious male or female, definitely check out Bill Bar. If you're into energy energy snacks or protein snacks, uh, in my opinion, Bill Bar is the be- best tasting protein bar that's ever been made. And I have tried a lot of them. And not only is it the best tasting, it's healthy for you. 20 grams of protein, 110 to 170 calories, depending on the bar you're having, three grams of sugar. Again, go compare that to the bar that you are eating. I guarantee you it's less than that. Built Bar is less than that. Uh, Three grams of net carbs. And it's tough to pick a favorite flavor for me. Like I said, I'm a a peanut butter connoisseur. So I would definitely say there's a peanut butter brownie that they have is excellent. And there's a mint brownie that is excellent out of this world. So like I said, I definitely cannot wait for this, uh, this cookie dough to come because I, I have extremely high hopes for, for that flavor and to entice everyone to 
order a box right now, Locked On is offering $10 off when you type in the promo code Locked On at the checkout. So go to BuiltBar.com. You can build your own box. You can get a box of just one flavor. You can have a hodgepodge of flavors. Whatever you do at checkout, enter Locked On, and you will get $10 off your first order. Check it out at BuiltBar.com. All right, so Colorado Avalanche said that they are considering, and by considering, I feel like they're just going to do it. I don't think they would have come out and said that they're just considering wearing the Quebec Nordiques jerseys for next year and then not do it. Uh, You've had 25 years to do something and 25 years of fans breathing down your neck, begging you to do something, and then uh, you get that news out into the stratosphere. And then if you don't do it, you might have a revolt on your hands. So uh, I think just the, the news coming out um, and and the front office talking about it, I think we can pretty much guarantee that it's going to happen. Now the question is, how is it going to happen? When is it going to happen against who? How many times? Those are all questions that you know we will eventually get answers to. And I said in Wednesday's show, I would love it if the Nordiques jerseys replaced the third jersey just for next season. And they wore them all the time against uh, home games against division rivals. Kind of thinking about it now, I still would like to see that at least for next year. This would This would be my dream scenario. Wear them as the third jersey next year for home division games. After that, meaning all subsequent years, just wear them once a year. Uh, because I, I, I wouldn't want it to be a watered-down thing. Uh, you know, I live in New York, so when, when the Mets and Yankees started playing each other in these interleague matchups, that was a huge deal. Now, nobody cares. It, it's just three or four more games. And I would venture to guess that's the same in Chicago for White Sox and Cubs. Uh, if they broke it up and did it like every three years or something like that, it would have more meaning. So I definitely don't want this to be wired. And I don't think it's going to go beyond this year. I think this is a 25th anniversary thing. They're going to do it once next year, and that's it. But I would like to see it happen more often because I don't think there's ever been a franchise that's moved to another city, and the city they moved from is still appreciated by the new city as much as people of Colorado and fans of the Avalanche still appreciate the Quebec Nordiques. So because of that, I would like to see it happen more often. I don't think it's going to. That that would be my dream scenario where wear them during the division games next year and then all the years after that, just once a year. And then I think everybody's happy. But I think because the Avalanche, in, in the short interview that was done, in what was said and how much they're going off of what the Carolina Hurricanes did wearing the wearless jerseys. I think this is going to be a one-off. And the question now is, who is that team going to be that they play? I think the the quick response is a division game. I think that's just your like knee-jerk gut reaction when you hear the Avalanche might do something special. Whenever the uh, the Avs got the, the two games against 
or uh, for the stadium series games, your first inclination was division rival. Even when Minnesota was was given the outdoor game uh, for next year, I did a show on it, why it could be the Avalanche. It turned out not to be. Um, and the two Avalanche games that they did against, you know, stadium series games were against, you know, it was, we are well know, the Kings and Red Wings. So I think you have to look at what was important for the Nordiques, not really what's important for the Avalanche. And what was, who was important to the Nordiques in terms of rivalry was the Montreal Canadiens. And I think this that would work for a number of reasons. One, that was the Nordiques rival. They, they are close in location. They were close in location. So they were almost cross-town rivals. So that, in that aspect, that's a, a reason number one. Uh, reason number two is I think you would want to play this game against an East Eastern Conference team. I think you would get more eyes on the game and have more interest in the game if you were to branch out and let those Eastern Conference folks say, hey, remember the Nordiques that played in your division? Well, you know where they are now, and now the Avalanche can be wearing those jerseys. It might just be a nostalgia factor for everybody, not just the Avalanche crowd, and that's really it. So I think bringing in an East Coast team would be beneficial. And when you br- and that East Coast team that you're bringing in, being an original six team, that only helps uh, the, the entire appeal of it all. And that original six team being from Canada makes all the sense in the world. Now you are really branching out and encompassing literally everything about the NHL into a regular season game. And it's not even a stadium series game. It's not played outside. I think you would have people saying like, wow, I would I would actually watch that game. People that aren't Avalanche fans or even really Canadian fans. But again, like Avalanche fans do appreciate what the who the Quebec Nordiques were. I think you have a lot of fans saying like, I would tune into that game just to see those jerseys skating around that ice again against the Montreal Canadiens. So... Uh, I think we are, you know, we're not going to get news on that because, number one, we don't have a schedule for next year. We don't even know how next year is going to turn out because right now all of the focus is on right here and now and getting this season, if it's possible, in and as well as the the postseason. So it was good to just hear that. Uh, And I think, like I said in the beginning, the fact that we did hear it, in my opinion, means it's going to happen. And I think the... Montreal Canadiens would be uh, a perfect fit for that. I mean, it's not a team. I mean, it's a it's a it's a, a original six team. It's a classic team. So that's who we'd want to do it against because those fans travel well. Uh, they they are in all corners of Canada and United States. So you'd have a lot of people having interest in that game. Just my opinion. What do you guys think? You agree with the Canadians, or do you want somebody else entirely? Let me know. LockedOnAvalanche at gmail.com. All right. And finally, I've been doing a lot of uh, what-if questions around the office. And when it comes to the Avalanche, I thought it would be kind of cool to think about what if the Avalanche landed the number one pick in the 2017 draft? Uh, that was following the the worst season on record, which would have been eclipsed by the Detroit Red Wings if this season had finished. But we won't get into that. 
the Avalanche had the best odds of, of landing the number one pick going into that draft. And as we all know, uh, it didn't work out that way. The worst they could do was fourth, and that's exactly what they came up with. In the process, they also landed Kale McCarr with the number four pick, which, as we all know, has turned out swimmingly. No complaints by the Avalanche faithful with that draft pick. But when it happened, uh, it was just when, when it happened that not that they picked Kale McCarr when the the lotto the lottery was revealed and the Avalanche were fourth. It was like com- makes complete sense. The season has been awful why not get the worst case scenario uh when it comes to the lottery and the as another twist of the knife the new jersey devils were the ones that landed the number one pick and for probably a year prior to that draft nolan patrick was really the consensus number one pick and he was that for maybe like nine or ten months uh, you know, prior to that draft, for the last two or three months, you you really started to hear uh, Nico Hirscher and his name come around a little bit more. He kind of he was always number. I would say he was always number two, but everything that I had seen usually was number two. Definitely not out of the top five. And when draft day came, that's who. The, the Devils picked. It wasn't really like so much of a surprise. But like I said, if, if the draft had been held three months earlier, it definitely would have been a surprise. But he rose up the ranks, and, and the Devils liked him. And he's been a, a good player. He's been a solid player. Um, has he been up to a Kale McCarr level? I mean, I think it's difficult to say because he's been in the league a little bit longer than Kale has. But... Um, I don't hear his name getting talked about as much as Kale McCarr does right now. I think Kale McCarr is, has the NHL in the palm of his hand, and Nico Hirscher does, doesn't really. I mean, he's, a, like I said, a solid player. But what would the Avalanche have done with that number one pick? Would it have been Nolan Patrick? I I don't know. I think it would have been interesting, and, and here's why. I think Nolan Patrick... Uh, you know, he, he, and we can't go off of, of now how, how they're doing now, but I wonder if, would the Avalanche have even stuck with Kale McCarr? Cause they, they needed defense at that time. You know what I mean? Like they, that, that was a, a God awful season in so many aspects and giving up way too many goals was one of them. So they might've gone the same route with Kale McCarr cause it's, it's, it's need over want. Um, if they hadn't gone Kale McCarr and they were forced to choose between Patrick and Heischer, um I wonder if our Nathan McKinnon would have had a say in that. Because who did Nico play for was the Halifax Mooseheads. And who else have played for the Halifax Mooseheads? Nathan McKinnon. How much input? I mean, I don't think Nathan McKinnon at that time was really, uh, and I still don't think he is. Uh, some some of the the all star players will kind of be in that discussion with the higher ups and the GMs. Uh, you know, like guys like LeBron James, they have a say in who that team is going to draft. I don't think Nathan McKinnon was at that level 
back in 2017. And again, I still don't think he is. But I, I'm venturing to guess that you know he he maybe will just slide a piece of paper across the table to Joe Sackick and say like just consider this guy, and maybe he would have done that if the Avalanche had had the number one pick. Um, so it would have it would have been really interesting to see which direction they would have gone because like I said they 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 needed defense, and that would have been a, a huge maybe shock to people if they still stuck with Kale McCarr even at the number one pick or would they have, even if they were number two, because coming down to the draft during that draft, by the time draft, they came, they were the number two. Uh, Nolan Patrick and, and Nico, Nico Hirscher were number one and number two. They were definitely going number one and number two. Say the Avalanche got the number two. Would they have taken Patrick at two or they've taken Kale McCarr at two again? It's so difficult to say, but uh, I, 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 looking back, it worked out completely fine, but you have to ask yourself, what if? And what if they did not take Kale if they picked number one? Where would they be now? Would they still be in the good position that they are? Sure. I think they definitely would be because they have a lot of prospects and a lot of positive players moving forward. But, I mean, Kale McCarr is that guy. He He is, I mean, outside of Nathan McKinnon, he is the jersey everybody wants right now. So, and, and getting maybe, you know, another forward that might get lost in the mix with Landis God, Granton, and, and uh, McKinnon might not have the same appeal. So it, it worked out in the end. But uh, again, I want to hear from you guys again. What, what do you think the Avalanche would have done if they had the number one pick in that 2017 draft? We'll never know. And we don't care because to the victor, actually to the spoils, go the victor, if that makes any sense. Because we got Kale, and you don't. So, that's going to be it for this week, ladies and gentlemen. Appreciate everybody tuning in, and uh, have a good weekend, have a safe weekend, we'll see everybody next week. And once again, here's Joby. Go, Abs, go! Go!